time for our Monday experts. Each Monday we invite someone who knows a lot about one thing in particular. Well, actually, today's guest knows a lot about a few things, including coffee. I think we've uh, had him on for the uh, coffee segment before. But since then, his life has changed quite a bit. Foodie, coffee consultant... And Master Chef winner Sam Lowe is with us. Hi, Sam. Hello. Thank nice you to see me. you. Hi. It's been um, a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. And um, we're talking today about Asian supermarkets. I'm super pumped for this. Oh, it's something I'm very, very passionate about. So oh, let's cool. get into it. Yeah. If you've got any particular questions for Sam on uh, Asian supermarkets, it's a quite a broad term, but we'll um, use it um, to cover the kind of the range of uh, different. Um, variations on that theme. We get some Korean supermarkets and Chinese supermarkets. We get smaller and bigger versions. But uh, if you've got a question, you can text it to us on 2101 or you can email us, jesse at rnz.co.nz. Before we get into those questions, Sam, can you tell us a bit about your background with food? Have you been cooking for most of your life? Have you gone deep on food later in life? What's yeah. the story? Wow. Okay. Like, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> we have three um, minutes until the news. Uh, okay, so tell us okay, all about yourself. Okay, yeah. Great, great, great. So um, I am Chin- from Chinese descent. Um, my parents are from the south of China. I was born in the Fiji Islands, so Pacific Islands. Then we moved here in Tamaki um, in the year 2000. So I grew up here. Yeah. Um, and I spent half of my 20s living in Vancouver and Melbourne. So I've been around for a little bit. um, And Asian grocers have always been there for me. Um, (laughs) But uh, Can I say, by the way, Vancouver and Melbourne are both great foodie cities. Absolutely. Multicultural, kind of melting pots and um, lots of diaspora as well. Um, My food journey, yeah, I've just been around food for the longest time. Um, Ever since, like, I was a kid, I was you know, in my parents' noodle factory that they owned. And um, we had Polynesian and Fijian Chinese takeaways here. Um, We've had a dairy selling to the largely Pacifica community as well. Um, And, yeah, so I've been around food my entire life. (laughs) And so MasterChef was kind of... Yeah, no-brainer for me. Yeah, how was that experience for you, the whole Um, doing it on TV? Yeah, it's never a one-word answer. It's kind of like, it's a bit of everything. Like, every human emotion that you could feel is, like, exactly what you would go through. Um, Definitely learned more about myself than anything else. Um, I think it's, like, understanding... you know, even though you're not in a life or death situation, you enter fight or flight, and it's quite interesting <laughs> within food. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think um, definitely taught me a lot about how I control myself and handle myself under pressure, uh, and believing in yourself quite a lot. Okay, now I'm gonna, as well as our normal conversation, I'm just gonna throw in random questions to you from our listeners. Oh, please, totally fine to say I can't help with that one. That often happens on the Monday Experts segment, but I just saw this one come in. I'm gonna throw at you. It's a mum asking for their. Uh, child who's a poor student in Dunedin she wants to know what are the best pot noodles to get especially something with some spice oh like cup noodles yeah yeah instant well, noodles I suppose I mean okay, I can only speak from my experience yeah. but honestly the Korean nongshim ones the red and black packet ones right great honestly those like one it's a decent serving size as well so you don't need two packets yeah. and one of those with your favourite seasonal veggies bulk it up and maybe a cracked egg in there honestly that was like my high school. Meal. Awesome. Can you spell that for us? Nongshim. So N O N G S H I N. 
Very cool. And and what is the usual process? I mean, we, you know, we grew up with two minute noodles, um, boil them for a couple of minutes, and stir in seasoning. Now, there's often more than one sachet in uh, in those packets, right? Yeah, um, they generally will do it through illustrations. So I don't, I don't, I think it's really easy to okay. kind of um, follow them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing your segment with Sam. I had the absolute pleasure of hearing Sam speak to the Food Writers Conference last year. Mm-hmm. He is an articulate, knowledgeable, and passionate food industry advocate, and his Instagram cooking posts are inspirational. That's a nice message. Okay, who is that? That's from Nalini, who is a regular correspondent and good friend of the show. Amazing, thank Um, you. Where does, do you have time for Instagram now? I know, you know that's how you built a lot of your following. Yeah, I do. I try to keep it um, true to Instagram, which is kind of like, even today, I just like took a photo of my dumplings that I just had for lunch, you know? And I think um, just being quite real and kind of going back to like what Instagram was for as well. So okay. just like documenting a lot of my life and, and things like that, but also creating really approachable, accessible uh, recipes too. Robert Oliver's listening as well. Hi, Robert. He says it was thrilling to watch a Fiji boy win MasterChef. Do you accept that, Fiji boy? Yes, I'll take all of it. Yeah. I'll take Fiji, Chinese, New Zealand boy. <laughs> Sam has an awesome Instagram with easy, tasty recipes. Fantastic. Um, Amanda wants to know, we'll go to the headlines in a, mo- in a moment, um, whether you find organic products in Asian supermarkets these days. Yeah, you'll actually be surprised that majority of the fresh produce are hyper-seasonal and hyper-local, and which generally means that they're incredibly organic. They're just not certified. Okay. Um, and uh, to get certification, it just costs so much more, and that's probably why you see them so much more expensive in Western supermarkets. Okay. Um, but yeah, they kind of source vegetables um, and fruits, usually from really, really hyper-local uh, suppliers. Kia ora, Afternoons with Jesse Mulligan and our regular Monday Expert segment. Today we're talking about Asian supermarkets. My guest is Sam Lowe, MasterChef winner, uh, chef, Instagram star, uh, you name it. Uh, Sam is eminently qualified to talk on this topic and um, I think one aspect of Asian supermarkets, Sam, is that can be quite intimidating. Maybe don't look quite like a normal Western supermarket as you go in. How do you recommend understanding and navigating the design of an Asian supermarket? Yeah, I'll break it down, actually. And to be honest, Asian supermarkets outside of Asia are actually designed based off of the Western supermarkets. So if you actually think about it, the entrants are usually organic produce. You'd get your fruit and veggies, and then you would have your butcher, fishmonger, and potentially a bakery uh, around the edges. And then in the middle is the dry condiments and spices and, and, and all that good stuff. So that is actually a Western supermarket um, set up. So if you approach it in a similar mentality, you'd be able to navigate. It's just that the products are different, um, okay. but they are still within that family. Yeah. yeah. And so in your mind's eye, take us into the fruit and veg section of an Asian supermarket or a Chinese supermarket, and how might that differ from what we'd find in a, in a countdown or a pack and save? Yeah. Um, so the main thing is, again, going back to hyper seasonality and uh, locality as well. So a lot of the Asian greens that you see are from really, really close local um, small holding farms or uh, or gardens, essentially. Um, But on top of that, you would also get things that are like um, highly uh, wanted around the world. So you'd get the internationally shipped like premium grade fruits and and things like that. So you would get like, you know, really rare mangoes or mangosteen and lychee and things like that that would cost like 40 plus dollars a kilo. But then you'd also get like this really in-season fruit and and vegetables as well. So you get the contrast of both. And the reason for that is because fruits are usually used as gifts within East Asian cultural context and um, I think in in South Asian as well. So um, usually those are thought as gift products. Okay. Um, 
And do you get bargains in the fruit and veggie sections of Asian supermarkets? Yeah, all the time. I think, you know, compared to the Western supermarkets, you don't really see the discount bins or like, um, you know, the last of. And I think Asian supermarkets really, you know, make the most of that. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, this like this watermelon's slightly bruised. They wouldn't just throw it away. You know, they'd, they'd like maybe cut it and then wrap it and then sell it for a lot cheaper. Or, um, yeah, so they kind of are quite aware of wastage as well. Um, but again, it's going back to like everything's super fresh as well and um, at a very affordable price. Yeah. There are some things which I suppose would be exotic if you saw it in a, a mainstream Western supermarket, but it's kind of quite common or, or just a normal um, ingredient in an Asian supermarket. And I find often that a good place to get a bag, like shiitake mushrooms, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. If you paid shiitake mushrooms in a Western supermarket, you'd be paying heaps because they're exotic and rare and probably hard to procure. But actually, if you go to an Asian supermarket, probably half the price or something. Yeah, um, you, I, you'd get like oyster mushrooms that are fresh and sold by the kilo, which mm. is quite rare in, in Western supermarkets. But also, alternatively, you can get dried versions of those things as well. Um, and uh, those are great uh, products to uh, look into because a lot of the times people would see that it's on you know Asian supermarkets a majority for like the more affordable and really cheap products but yeah. you can also get quite expensive luxurious ingredients like even dehydrated lion's mane mushrooms or chanterelles and things like that and the combination of cheap and expensive comes back to another aspect of these supermarkets, which is they are a bit of a community melting pot, right? Yeah, 100%. You know, I I like to say that there's not a lot of places where you could get, um, you know, I guess such an inclusive kind of environment where regardless of class um, and kind of your background, you'd be able to find something for you in, in Asian supermarkets usually. And I'm, I'm speaking majority from an East Asian supermarket perspective mm-hmm. because that's where I spend the majority of my time. Um, and, yeah, you would get really expensive things, but you could get really cheap things as well. What is the difference between different miso pastes, asks one person. It's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I'm not a miso expert, Great. but from my experience is that usually the darker they are, the longer it's been fermented, therefore more complexity. Um, and uh, different types of miso would have different types of um, grain or wheat uh, or soybean content as well. So look into those. Okay. Let's talk about the butchery in Asian supermarkets because there's probably some things in there that people... Well, what is the difference? What will you see that's different from a normal supermarket? I say normal supermarket, you know what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the times, if you're talking about the larger East Asian supermarkets, they would have a butchery section. And the main difference is that they would butcher the whole animal. So you oh. would um, get in whole pigs in the morning and then the the butchers will, will hack it into different bits, which also means that you can get parts of the animal that you wouldn't find in other uh, supermarkets as well. So uh, you could always request random things like such as offals mm. and, um, you know, you can ask for like pig intestine or a kidney uh, or liver, you know, and you know that it's been, um, you can ask if it's like fresh that day as well. So yeah. um, you can get things like chicken skin, which um, I find uh, other supermarkets tend to throw away, but I think it's the best part of the chicken. Mm. So yeah, so things like that, you can always request um, the butchers to do as well. Um Someone I uh, can't remember who I follow who uh, suggested chicken feet as a secret ingredient in chicken stocks. 
Yes. And um, it's very hard to find those in a supermarket, even at, even at a butcher. Yeah. But it's the sort of thing you can get from a Chinese supermarket. A hundred percent. That's probably a very common product in, in Asian supermarkets. And they add so much collagen and fat and depth of flavor to any broth that you throw them into as well. And that's like a secret to a lot of ramen um, broths as well. The interesting thing is how many of these uh, ingredients are sort of integral to other cuisines as well. Like I got interested in cooking um, offal in Italian cuisine and the only place I could get that um, that tripe was in a Chinese supermarket. Um, someone asks, how would Sam recommend cooking gluten balls? I don't think I've even heard of gluten balls. Oh, gluten balls. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to answer this question today. But it was a uh, medical condition, but no, carry on. Gluten, uh, I'm assuming it's the gluten ball, which is essentially it's a flour dough that's been steamed and then, it's, um, and then you use that um, to cook in like a stir fry or a broth. Huh. Um, yeah, so, I'm just looking at them on Google now. They look, look like the little... Donut holes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's steamed dough that which is then recooked. So uh, again, it's kind of stemmed from scarcity of ingredients in China, and then it's used as uh, something to absorb flavor and to, um, you know, it's using wheat to probably season um, with like the protein sources to eat with rice. So it's making um, something really affordable go further. Mm. Rice, love rice. Um. Good place to get a whole huge quantity yes. of an ingredient like that, right? Yes, you can get expensive, rare rice from micro regions, um, and also you can get really cheap rice as well. So it's again rice quality. Do you always go for the same rice when you're shopping? No, so I have like four different brands of rice in my pantry at the moment okay. as we speak. I've Talk got, us through them. Yeah, so I've got um, typical jasmine rice that's kind of for every day. You know, I think that one's like when I'm making like fried rice or just something on the table. Um, I would have short grain rice for when I'm making things like Japanese cooking, etc. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have a really expensive koshi hikari rice, uh, which is quite a rare Japanese varietal of rice, and that is known for its like creaminess and sweetness as well. So I would use that for like congee or if I'm cooking something fancy. Um, yeah, and um, I would have uh, just brown rice as well for when I'm feeling healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been really impressed with the, um, the advances I've made in instant rice over the last few years. There was a time you wouldn't have gone anywhere near instant rice, but um, actually I've got a Korean supermarket near me and it's the little um, plastic packets. They work they're pretty good. Do you microwave them? Yeah. Yeah, so handy. What do you think? Um, I was worried you might judge me. Uh, no, I mean, each to their own. Like, we were talking <laughs> about instant noodles before. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> um, I, you know, each to their own. Um, I, I think invest in a rice cooker if you because it's just the aromats that are, like, kind of, kept within freshly cooked rice really? is insanely different. Yeah. yeah. Barb says, can you ask Sam if he ever uses umeboshi vinegar? And if so, what uses does it have? Oh, I made umeboshi recently, which is like a, a sour plum um, pickle. Really? Um, yeah. And uh, I would use the vinegar to make cocktails. <laughs> um, I would use it in cocktails or you could do it and um, use it in salad dressings as well. So it's like adding like a fruit vinegar. Um, you would add, um, again, you know, salt, pepper, soy sauce or... Um, yeah, a citrus uh, crack back pepper and a bit of sugar, and then that makes a really lovely dressing. Do you um, ever shop the seafood section of a Chinese or Asian supermarket? Yes. Yeah. Tell us what we can find there and, and what to what to buy. Lots of whole fish. Um, you would find like whole squid that hasn't been gutted or cleaned, and um, you would find 
lots of whole different types of varieties of fish. And again, it's, it goes back to like what they catch on the day. Um, uh, you would get, yeah, filleted fish as well. Um, at times you would get live tanks of like power, um, clams, um, different types of mollusks. Um, but also you get imported uh, frozen uh, seafood as well, such as like your rare, larger um, kind of scampies and things like that. So again, a, a big mixture of price points um, and different types of fish as well. 2101 to send your question in. Um, we used to talk about Chinese supermarkets, but actually found these days that they tend to cover a few different cuisines, right? Yeah, I think if you're talking about like the general East Asian supermarkets, they would have, you know, a uh, Instead of an international aisle, they would have like a Japanese aisle or a Korean aisle as well. Um, so, uh, but then if you go to the noodle section, you'd find lots of different noodles from Southeast Asia as well. So it's kind of like it's a melting pot within its own, you know, um, yeah. structure. Um, and it's a great place to expand outside of what you're comfortable or know as well. And again, it's 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 going back to it being such a important and significant cultural kind of. Um, significant landmark for so many cities you know uh, i think asian supermarkets are incredibly important that and people don't realize that the majority of the time if you see asian grocers nearby it also means that it's probably supplying a large asian diaspora around that area and more specifically um asian restaurants and and um they are kind of like the mother hub for asian restaurants as well so that's kind of where we get a lot of seasonings and and um and produce for those restaurants that we do love um, and we don't think about that a listener wants to know if you avoid msg no msg is natural <laughs> oh my god um so uh MSG is naturally found in so many products, soy sauce, tomatoes, aged meats, cheeses. Um, when used in excess, it will make you feel bad. But that's same with salt and sugar and anything, really. Um, it, uh, it does enhance your food. It is known as the fifth taste, which is savory, or also known as umami. Um, there is sweet, sour, salt, bitter. And if you add umami in the right context and the right balance, it really just adds food makes the food to another level. Okay. Let's talk helpful vegetarians. Mm. Talk us through the different types of tofu we might uh, come across at oh an Asian gosh. supermarket. Yes. Soybeans are wonderful, isn't it? Um, you can. It's literally uh, soybeans that is ground and then it is... Uh, then the milk is extracted, then we use a setting agent, and then it becomes tofu. And then when you have tofu, you can, depending on how much moisture you release from that block, uh, you would get different types of density, which mm. will also change the intensity of flavor as well. Um, and then if you generally look, lean into the softer silken side, you would get this really unctuous and soft silken kind of delicate product that is great for like soups and broths um, or eaten raw on its own, which is lovely. And then you kind of have like a really light soy sauce dressing or that umeboshi dressing that I just said. Mm. Um, but then if you get into the medium or the firmer style, you can use that for more harder cooking. So stir fries. And then you would lean into marinated tofus as well. So they generally marinated uh, for long periods of time. And then I guess the end-end product of, of tofu that is at its hardest point is kind of tofu skin, um, and that is almost treated like noodles. So it's kind of ah. turning soy milk into noodles, which is insane. What's your favorite thing to do with tofu? Oh, right now, medium, 
right now, this constantly changes. So right now it is medium firm tofu and you drain all the liquid out that it sits in um, and then you marinate it in a seasoned soy sauce mm. and you let it sit in the fridge overnight and the next day you just pan fry it and it's so good over rice. Um, so you pan fry it until it's like brown on all sides and then you throw in the rest of the marinade and then you let it like thicken up into like its own sauce. So it's almost like teriyaki but it's not. Mm. Yeah, really good. Tofu really absorbs a sauce when you cook it with the sauce, right? Sometimes I think people, if people only marinate, they're a bit disappointed that it's not more flavorful. But if you yep. actually add the sauce when it's heating it, it's more likely to absorb yep. it. Yeah, yeah. marinate it overnight. Highly recommend. Um, can I just recommend a um, one that we're making weekly in our house since discovering it? Black pepper Brussels sprouts with cold silken tofu. Yum. Yeah, it's a heady um, McKinnon recipe, an Asian, uh, sorry, an Australian, Asian Australian um, uh, cookbook author, and it's really simple. You um, make a sauce of like dark soy sauce, normal soy sauce, sweet soy sauce, ginger, garlic, shallot, chili, and then you um, add some roasted Brussels sprouts to that and pour it over cold silk and tofu. Yeah, it's a really interesting combination. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I love that you just mentioned three different types of soy sauce as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and tell you, me about that because yes. I know nothing about oh, soy sauce. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Like it's like if you look into Korean cooking and then you look into gochujang, there's like so many different versions. It's the same thing on soy sauce. You know, like you would get ones that are seasoned with other things, but then you'd get the ones that are supernatural as well. Um, and they range from dark to soy to tamari as well. And they would range in different complexities and depth or salinity as well. So you could actually create um, quite a complex sauce by blending different types of soy sauce together. Um, in my pantry right now, I think I have four different types of soy sauce for different types of cooking as well. Um, and it's going back to like understanding that not only expensive is the best. Like, you know, cheaper types of soy sauce are better for certain applications as well. And it's the same with rice wine. Um, and, you know, I would say the same with, like, you know, in the Western context, probably, like, olive oil, you know? Like, you would use cheaper olive oil for, like, maybe large frying kind of purposes. Mm. But then you would use a fancier one for, like, finishing a raw salad. So it's mm. kind of the same thing within soy sauce as well. Um, there's, like, thousands of brands out there. And there's usually an ent- entire aisle dedicated to it. Someone else says, I'd love instant noodle recommendations. You came in too late. Sam has already recommended Nongshin, N-O-N-G-S-H-I-N, Korean um, instant noodle. So good luck with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're frying your tofu, what are you what are you frying? Uh, what's are you using a wok or a um, nonstick pan? I use a pan fry or, pan. Or, yeah, you know, okay. I'm in a rental right now. I'm just keeping it real. I don't have a wok burner, um, so I just use a yeah quite a heavy pan to retain heat. Um, and yeah, you don't need a wok to cook Chinese food. So um, yeah, I just use a quite a heavy based um, large fry pan, um, and usually with a squeezy bottle filled with neutral oil. Okay. Um, should mention that you can actually pick up some cooking equipment at Asian supermarkets, right? Yes. Yeah. You totally. Um, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. So you can get that. You can also get crockery as well. You can get cutlery. Um, yeah. They they usually have like a little corner section in the store um, where they would have bright coloured plastic. Um, kitchen equipment but also yeah you can get um things that you can't really find uh, anywhere else such as like hot pot gear as well so um little induction burners for the middle of the table or pots specifically for that or bamboo steamers which is something i highly highly recommend um 
Do you have any particular supermarkets that you wanted to name check or that might be good for people to to check out? I grew up around the central west of Auckland, so Dominion Road is kind of my hub. Um, I used to go to Taiping quite a lot mm-hmm. when I was there. Now it's changed over. Um, and I go to J- Jaden quite a bit, so J-A-D-A-N. Um, yeah, uh, basically along Dominion Road, I would make a few shops. Stops if, if one doesn't supply something I, I want. Someone wants you to talk them through oyster sauce and what's the other one? Oyster and black bean sauce. Anything mm. you can say about those ingredients that they've seen and aren't quite sure about how to use or what they are? Yeah, oyster sauce, I think, yeah, I, from a very generalized term, is uh, oyster extract thickened with soy sauce and cornstarch or stabilizer. Um, and it's a really savory, umami, seafood uh, thickened sauce. And it's usually used um, in braises, in like casseroles and stir fries, or as a finishing sauce. And, you know, at Yum Cha, you would always get the greens um, being pushed around by the aunties, and it's always topped off with um, oyster sauce. Um, so, yeah, you could use that in any any application to add depth of flavor, but also a slight sweet um, seafood flavor as well. Uh, for black bean sauce, it's the same uh, without oysters. So they use uh, fermented black beans, which is from uh, soybeans. Um, and again, it's to add savouriness. That is a great uh, vegan option. There's hoisin sauce as well, huh? Yeah, hoisin is uh, a combination of so many ingredients. It is uh, a rich, savory, slightly nutty um, kind of sauce. It's really savory. Um, and I would say use that one quite sparingly as well. But that one's great. Um, so if you have Peking duck, that's usually what they'll have um, on it as well. Sort of a Chinese barbecue sauce? Yeah, 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 in some sense, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jace asked, what do you consider a neutral oil? Are you talking canola oil? Yeah, canola is what I use quite often, um, vegetable. Um, a lot of the times uh, a rapeseed or grapeseed oil is, is quite commonly used in, in Chinese cooking as well. Has Sam found king oyster mushrooms in New Zealand? I've only ever found frozen ones, and are they okay to use, asks one person. Ooh, king oyster. Pretty rare. Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard to come by, but I, I you can generally find them in Korean supermarkets more so than the other ones. Um, yeah. It's not something that I, I, I come across very often. If you're not lucky enough to have grown up um, having these ingredients um, or you're not familiar with these ingredients, how do you start? Do you recommend just going in, picking a couple of things and then Googling them or? Yeah. Um, YouTube's a great one. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a ton of free content online now as well to get you started into Asian cooking. But um, one thing that I recommend everyone to do is like... Uh, this is like a hack that I've been giving my friends for so long, um, is basically try one new ingredient every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when you do that, then you're just building your pantry. But it's, it doesn't have to be fresh produce. It could be a new brand of soy sauce or it can be a new brand of uh, black vinegar, you know. So um, by doing that, you're just expanding your palate and, and knowledge. Um, and then you're, you will find that some things are not for you as well mm-hmm. and they'll end up being in the back of the pantry. But, um, yeah, and, and it's, it's really low risk. You're not buying things that are incredibly expensive as well. So, yeah, I'd say give it a go. Um, some pe- someone wants to know whether uh, Chinese garlic is interchangeable with New Zealand growing garlic. Yeah, I would say... It's much cheaper. Yeah, it's much cheaper. Um, you know, cost of living is going up, so yeah. sometimes, you know, New Zealand garlic is quite expensive, so it, it, sometimes you just have to get the, the, the Chinese stuff. Um, what I like to do with it is 
buy it in bulk um, because usually it comes in a packet of like 10 bobs so you wouldn't really finish it so i would peel them all and then i'd mince them and then i would half cook them in oil and then put them in a jar in the fridge and then every time you need it you just put half a teaspoon in, in whatever you're cooking okay. and that will last months um so there there are ways of utilizing that as well uh the main difference is that i would say chinese garlic is a little bit spicier um, okay. and it's more pungent uh-huh. um, whereas the new zealand ones are more aromatic and sweet you see that shrink wrapped garlic sometimes you get like a yeah gloves. totally yeah. yeah 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 and and again it's like you could totally do that with the minced garlic jar hack that i just said um this is uh, sam Lowe talking about asian supermarkets for our monday expert segments can Sam please tell us the best Chinese rice wines to use for different types of cooking? Example, soups versus stir fry. Yeah, cool. Um, you would find that the you know Shaoxing kind of rice wine, the red bottle, that's usually two to three dollars, is the most common. And I would say that was very good for its price point. It's amber in color. It's got a light caramel kind of uh, aroma to it as well. And it's great for marination and finishing of stir fries. Um, and then if you want to go more expensive. If, if you're looking into the more aged stuff, so like kind of the 10-year aged rice wine, those are really good for kind of like really delicate braises. So uh, if you're making like drunken chicken or um, I guess like healing broths and things like that, those are like the perfect ones mm. to use. Um, so more delicate the cooking, the more expensive and more complex the rice wine you should choose and the harder the cooking, the the cheaper stuff will do fine. Okay. One of the things I love buying from uh, my local Chinese supermarket is wonton wrappers. Yes. Because making it yourself is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell people about these? Because I think people might get a kick out of um, buying these. And actually, once you have a go at them, you're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been doing this in my whole life. So I'm thinking about making your own dumplings or making your own sort of wontons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wonton wrappers essentially, it's flour, egg, and salt. And sometimes they don't even add egg if you're buying the white version. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's almost pasta. (laughs) So you would use it to... um, yeah, to make wontons. You could also uh, wrap them in like triangles so then they're parcels. Uh, You can also make xiaomai with them as well. So again, um, you can do so much with it. As you're speaking about it, I'm like thinking about my freezer right now and I've got three packets in my freezer right now for whenever I need um, to make like a batch of yeah. of shamai or wontons, etc. Because they don't um, last forever; they do, they will mold um, after a few days or a week or two. Yeah, usually they last like a week in the uh-huh. fridge. So freeze them and then um, let them thaw out slowly in the fridge, but keep them wrapped so they don't dry out as well. Got it. Um, and then yeah, you can use it whenever you want. What would you like to tell us about noodles that you might come across at uh, an Asian mm. supermarket? So many options. Again, it's like you would probably walk past maybe like five or six standing fridges filled with different types of noodles. Um, you would get things like Hokkien noodles, which are like the thick uh, egg noodles. Then you would get like the... you. you uh, my Mandarin's awful. Yingqin noodles, which is like the fresh wheat noodles. You would get the ramen-style ones as well. Mm. And you would get the eggy uh, alkaline noodles as well that you would find in like Hong Kong noodle soup bars and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, again, I also have like three or four different varieties in the freezer as we speak. Yeah, and you can boil them from frozen too. So again, it's one of those things just handy to have. Um, You parboil them and then you can throw them in stir fries or fully boil them until they're cooked and throw them in a broth. You recommend buying fresh noodles? Yes, buy them fresh and then if you're not going to use them up, put them in the freezer. Okay. Yeah. Anything that you love to buy from these supermarkets that we haven't talked about yet? Again, it's going back to like 
you could buy really expensive things, but they're only expensive because you're meant to use them sparingly as mm. well. So um, I love to buy really like uh, like umami packed savory things, like dried scallop, dried shrimp, um, lap cheng, which is like Cantonese sausage. It's quite sweet. Um, these things last forever because they're preserved. You can buy like Yunnan ham as well, which is kind of like. You know, I don't know. It's the prosciutto of China, essentially. Uh-huh. And um, you could use that in cooking. So you would chop them into little bits and stir fries or slice them real thin and cook over rice. It adds so much depth. So um, dehydrated mushrooms is something I buy from Asian grocers quite a lot. So um, having all of those things, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. What else do I get? I like to buy bulk packets of, like, spices um in mm. seasoning so um yeah I, I love buying cassia bark um and like tsukau nuts which are known as black cardamom uh, incredibly aromatic very smoky um yeah you would just find so many spices that you wouldn't find um in other supermarkets do you wash your rice before you cook it absolutely yeah um Oh, sorry, I just oh. asked a question. Oh. I'm not used to the new clock. I have to say, Sam Lowe, thanks very much. Oh. <laughs> thanks for having <laughs> me. Lovely to have you in. <laughs>